Hey everyone, Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com here with another great seven-day fat-burning coaching call to help you out. And we have some very interesting empty stomach cardio research we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about some caffeine and exercise research as well as a great new strength training program that I want to share with you from a friend of mine. All that and a whole lot more, including some trainer tips and First, we're going to start with a summary of my trip down to Tampa. Now, it was quite a crazy trip. Um, the day before I left, I found out my uh, buddy Joel had a bit of an accident. He's okay, but uh, it changed the dynamics of the trip, certainly. A lot more people went down to see him. Um, it was So it turned his surprise birthday party into a big group gathering, and it was a lot of fun. And so I was there for Joel's birthday. It was really tough to leave because it's hanging out with Joel and Vince and Flavia and Del Monte and John Romanello, and then a whole bunch of Joel's friends from high school who I met at his wedding last year. It was really, really great. And it was um, Joel's mom was there, and Lisa's parents were there. Lisa's Joel's wife, and we got to finally meet Lily, his baby. So that was fantastic. And Joel has a great place in Tampa. And I also got to train at one of my favorite gyms, which is Powerhouse Gym in Tampa. So I really like that. Oh, and uh, Vince's dad and his uh, mom were there too, and, and Luciano. Del Monte is a fantastic guy. I love speaking with him. Very inspiring guy. But all of those people, they were all fun. They're all inspiring. And hanging around those people made me want to train harder and serve you better with more great workouts and really move towards the TT mission of a million men and women transforming their bodies and lives. So all because of the energy and motivation for my friends, I've come back and really uh, motivated and, and recharged. And so it's good times with good people. And I have a little picture of... of Myself and Flavia up on the, my, the blog. Um, Flavia is doing, uh, she's not doing a fitness contest. Vince is doing a fitness contest soon, but she's really lean and fit. And Vince and Flavia are really two of the most dedicated and inspirational people in the fitness industry today. So, you know, do check them out. Now, to be frank, I don't agree with all their training philosophies. Um, Vince doesn't like to train heavy and he does a lot more cardio. I'm not into that at all, obviously. But I do get a mental butt-kicking from their perseverance and their dedication. So you can always learn something from everybody, even if you don't agree with them. All right, now let's get started. Monday, April 11th, we got our Transformation Tip of the Week. And I just want to say that uh, if you're listening to this call on time, I want to make sure that you get ready to do the voting for the 10th Transformation Contest. We're just finishing that up. And our 11th Transformation Contest will start in May. So be prepared for May 1st. That's going to be the first day to enter. But for right now, we're all going to really celebrate the achievements of the people that have finished this contest and will soon be voting for them. And uh, always incredibly transformational and always incredibly inspirational to read their stories. So I look forward to doing that over the weekend and then sharing them with you. So the transformation tip of the week is this. If you want something in your life that you aren't getting now, you have two choices. You have to change your ways to change them to behaviors that will move you towards that goal. And two, you have to accept that nothing is going to change if you refuse to change. So you either have to change or accept that nothing is going to change if you don't change. It's that simple. So stop dreaming, start doing, get started today. All right, now for our training tips and our training workout review. I have a friend using Jim Wendler's 531 program and it's working perfectly for him. 
Now, Jim Wendler is a power lifter who has squatted over 1,000 pounds at once. Yeah, not four repetitions of 250 pounds, but 1,000 pounds for one repetition in a powerlifting contest. And if you want to get stronger, you need Jim's book. It's simply called 531, and it's available at EliteFTS.com, Elite Fitness Systems. And soon I will interview Jim, and I know a lot of TT readers already have this, but I want to keep spreading the word about it. And I want to go through an example of the program uh, using my clients' numbers that we're having use this program. So here's how it goes. In week one, you do three sets of five. In week two, you do three sets of three. In week three, you do a set of five, a set of three, and a set of one. And then in the fourth week, you deload. And then you start again with a slight variation of the exercise. And now this is for bench, squat, deadlift, and military press. So, for example, for the bench press, let's say a guy can do 250 pounds as his maximum. In week one, he's going to do five repetitions at 75%, five repetitions at 80%, and then five repetitions at 85%. So, he'll do a set at 185 for five, then a set of 200 for five, and then a set of 215 for five. In week two, he's going to do three sets of three, again, based off his 250-pound max, and it's going to be 80% by three reps, so that's 200 by three, then he's going to do 215 by 3, which is 85%, and then a set of 90% by 3, which is going to be 225 by 3. And then finally, in week 3, he's going to work up to a 95% by 1 single repetition. So he's going to do 75% by 5, so 185 by 5, same as the first set in week 1. And then in week 2, or sorry, in the second set, he's going to do his second set from week 2, which is 85% by 3, so he's going to do 215 by 3. And then in his third set, he's going to do 95% of 250 pounds, which is 240 pounds, and he's going to get that for at least one repetition. Now, the only other thing to really mention that's really important is in the third set of the day, you're going to do a rep max. So that means if on in week one, in your third set, when you're doing 85% of your max, you actually can do more than five reps, you're going to continue on. But not in set one or set two, but only in set three. And that's called a last set rep max. And then in week four, you're going to deload, do a set of five repetitions at 60%, a set of five repetitions at 70, uh, 65%, and a set of five repetitions at 70%. That's it. It's a really great program. There's, there's probably about 40 different workouts, variations in Jim's book. So I highly recommend you get the 531 program by Jim Wendler from EliteFTS.com. All right, let's move into our research review for this week. It's from the International Journal of Sports Nutrition, Exercise, and Metabolism, and it is all about fasted cardio. And it's called Exercising, Fasting, or Fed to Enhance Fat Loss? Question mark. Influence of Food Intake on Respiratory Ratio and post Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption After a Bout of Endurance Training. So in English, what that means is that there's a huge, long, uh, big myth and, you know, a big history of people doing long, slow cardio on an empty stomach and expecting to get more fat burning. And so these Italian researchers wanted to study this. They had eight healthy young men who did two different workouts. Well, they did the same workout under two conditions. So it was 36 minutes of cardiovascular training on a treadmill at 65% maximum heart rate. And they did this early in the morning, in one condition, was on an empty stomach, so having not eaten since the night before. 
and in the second condition, after a light meal. What they found was eating increased the VO2 max and respiratory exchange ratio significantly up to 12 hours after the cardio. So that means they were burning more calories after the fed cardio. And then what they found was 12 hours after, then they started burning more fat, even though they had the meal. And over the rest of the day, both groups ate the same number of calories. So what the authors concluded was that it's completely the opposite of what people believe and that fasting before exercise does not enhance fat burning. What they found was physical activity after a light meal may enhance fat burning. But here's what I say. I say none of this matters at all because doing 36 minutes of cardiovascular training on a treadmill at 65% maximum heart rate may burn you 300 calories at most, 400 maybe, but you'd probably burn 75 calories just sitting on the couch. So let's say you get a net burn of 300 calories. Well, we've shown so many research studies that show you that long cardio programs do not lead to increased weight loss, significant increases in weight loss. So we shouldn't even be talking about the cardio at all. What we should be focusing on is interval training and resistance training and focusing on your 24-hour daily diet and not worrying about whether anybody trains with cardio on an empty stomach in the morning. It's not going to make a difference in your fat loss. All right. That's my opinion on that research study. Now into Wednesday's workout tips. We're going to get some tips from the April 2011 issue of Men's Health Magazine, and we're going to talk about some pull-ups and chin-ups. So they had a a big page devoted to pull-up and chin-up facts, and here's the pull-up facts. It's hard to work a little muscle called the infraspinitis, which is a rotator cuff muscle, but pull-ups allows you to do that. Also, the second point was that they suggested you squeeze your shoulder blades down and back to work the lower traps as you pull yourself up to the top of the bar. So really squeeze between your shoulder blades to work your back extra hard when you do pull-ups. And then also you want to pull your elbows down to your ribs. So as you do a pull-up, you want to pull those elbows down into your ribs, and that will help you hit your lats even harder. Now, when I was down in Tampa, I did a set of pull-ups using a grip that they don't have at my gym. Um, It wasn't a neutral grip, so my palms weren't facing one another, but they were slightly angled to face one another, and it was fantastic. My lats were sore for days. I did about 40 pull-ups in about four or five sets, and it was just, it was great. Um, Also, that contributed to my forearm problem that I'm going to talk about in a bit, but it was a good workout. All right, now the chin-up facts. Um, Most people don't really realize this, but even in pull-ups, but definitely in chin-ups, you get help from your pecs. So you're working your pecs when you're doing chin-ups. Regular chin-ups also can give you 96% biceps activation. So if you're pressed for time, chin-ups are better than doing one back exercise and one bicep exercise. You know, you're better to choose chin-ups if you only have one exercise you can do. And then they also recommended holding the top position of a chin-up for two seconds adds extra bicep work. So that's pretty good. And same with the pull-ups. If you hold the top position, it'll really squeeze between your shoulder blades and work your upper back even more. So some good tips in there from Men's Health. They also had a great article on uh, George St. Pierre and uh, a good money management article and a good article on Starbucks and Howard Schultz. So I think that's his name. So it it was a decent magazine, decent issue this month, but uh, 
usually I find that the tips at the front are better, and at the back of the magazine the articles are okay. But this way, this time it was the opposite. So check it out if you want. If those uh, articles give you some, or if you're interested in those articles. All right, now into Trainer Thursday. So back at Powerhouse Gym, I tried out their gauntlet area, which is basically an outdoor area. And the gym itself, Powerhouse Gym in general in Tampa, is awesome. It is so addictive to be there. You just want to train all the time. You want to go twice a day because it's good energy, good music, good people, tons of equipment, so much equipment you don't know what to do with it all. It's really the workout version of an all-you-can-eat buffet. And it's massive. It has platforms for heavy lifting. It has turf for speed drills. It has kettlebells, TRXs, and this outdoor gauntlet area, which is where I did sled drags and sledgehammer tire smashes and then tire flips and MMA dummy carries and then prowler pushes. And so I did all of that on Sunday morning after a little bit of caffeine. And so I had a great workout. Unfortunately, I had sore forearms for four days because of all that new stuff that I did that I had rarely do, and so I had to delay my deadlift workout, and I had to get extra um, active release treatment on my forearms because they were in a lot of pain up until about Wednesday afternoon. They're still a little bit sore now, but I will be okay. So I, I overdid it a bit. It uh, influenced my week, but we'll talk a little bit about caffeine and, re- and exercise in a second. Now, that said, it's not the perfect gym because there was some bad training in the gym by others including a kid who was doing uh, vertical jumps on a BOSU ball. It's just not pretty. I mean, he had, his spine was rounded forward with each landing. He was barely jumping more than two inches off the ball. And really, you don't need to use that thing. In fact, from Men's Health Magazine, April 2011, they quote a study where researchers in Spain discovered that performing total body movements on an unstable surface does not work your abs harder. In fact, when men did deadlifts on a BOSU ball, and I'd hate to see that, their core muscles were less activated than when they stood on the floor. And the reason is that when you're unstable, you use less weight and your muscles don't work as much. It's so simple. I don't understand how everybody doesn't know this. It is just so obvious. And I think the only people who recommend this type of ridiculousness are people that don't lift weights. Because if you lift weights, you know what your body feels like when you're lifting heavy weights. And it's so much more effective than lifting light weights on something that you teeter on. So that's why you don't see that stuff in turbulence training workouts. Now into Facebook Friday from the TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com. And a question that I get asked a lot that I also get kind of frustrated with is this. I'd like to gain muscle but minimize belly fat. I'm lean and thin. Any advice? Well, listen, you're not going to get fat overnight. You're not going to wake up with a beer belly. So what you need to do is suck it up, eat more calories, and use a muscle building program like Jason Fruge's Muscle Gaining Secrets. Go on a program for muscle building for four to eight weeks. Again, you're not going to add four inches to your waist overnight if you're already lean and slim. And thin. The person even said they were thin. See, you're not going to get fat. Just gain some muscle if you want to gain muscle. Jeez, I don't understand people sometimes. Anyways, next question. This one is actually from me, so I asked this to myself. I said, what's the safe level of iPod volume for your hearing? And I asked this because I trained at a gym where they play classic rock, and not only do I not like classic rock, 
but I despise the morning people on classic rock radio stations because all they want to do is chit-chat about the weather. And they're the type of people that, you know, the, the conversations they have are very small. And I really hate it. And so I'm going to get an iPod or maybe an iPhone so that I can listen to uh, this application that I have on my iPad, which is a tune-in radio. It allows you to listen to, like, hundreds of radio stations from around the world. So whatever mood you're in, you can listen to. And so I guess I'll have to get an iPhone for that. Um, kind of done with the BlackBerry, so I guess I'm ready. But my worry is my hearing's not so great already. And if I go and play music with the iPad or iPhone or iPod, it's just going to ruin my hearing more. So I looked that up on the Internet. And Oh, and I also was at the gym last week, and this woman came in, and her iPod music was louder like, I could hear her music coming from her earphones louder than the music from the gym stereo. So she's definitely doing damage to her ears there. So I looked this up on the Internet. There was a study uh, reported on a Canadian news channel basically saying that you can listen to up to 70% volume for over an hour, and there's not going to be any hearing damage. So that's pretty good to know. And also, when I was down in Florida... I went to an Apple store with John Romanello, and we were talking to the guy there. And I didn't know that there was those little earbuds you could stick in your ear that were noise-canceling. You know, basically you jam them in your ear, but um, they will allow you to not hear anything externally. And then you can, therefore, play your music at a very low volume that's going to be safe for your ears. So there's even a a tip on uh, Apple's website about setting a max volume for your iPod. So if you tend to crank the music too high, you can actually set a lower max volume so that you never crank it too high. Because as you know, when you put the earphones on, you get accustomed to a certain level, and then you increase it, and then you get accustomed to that, and you don't realize how loud it is. So I don't know. I thought that was some interesting information I want to share with you and keep your little ears safe and listening (laughs) so that you can listen to these podcasts, of course. All right, now into Social Support Saturday, my favorite day of the week, and I'm going to spend this weekend in Toronto. No traveling for me. Um, so here's a quote from a guy named Frank Kern, who's in the Internet world, but I just liked what he wrote in one of his emails. He said, let me tell you something about you. You can do anything you want. You are in control. You can achieve as much success as you want to. You can and will pick yourself up when life knocks you down. I believe in you. Look, if you're struggling, I've been there, and I can tell you firsthand that it'll get better if you keep on trying. I believe in you, and I want you to go for it. And I second everything Frank says there. He's talking about business. I'm talking about fat loss. We believe in you. We know that you can do it. You, It's up to you. Just pick yourself up if you have a bad day, and you can do it. And now that brings us to Sunday. So we're going to have a little bit of nutrition research here on our nutrition day, and it's called... It's from a study from the International Journal of Sports Nutrition, Exercise, and Metabolism. So same journal as those other guys. This one's researchers from California who did a study called The Effective Caffeine Intake on Pain Perception During High-Intensity Exercise. So the researchers wanted to see what would happen if you consumed caffeine and then did a hard resistance training workout. So they had 15 young active men do these workouts of hard leg extensions and leg curls. And there was three conditions. So there's placebo where they didn't get any caffeine. And then there was one where they had 2 milligrams per kilogram of caffeine. And let's say the guys weighed on average 75 kilograms. 
That means that we're getting 150 milligrams of caffeine. There's 80 milligrams of caffeine in one Red Bull or in a, in a tall Starbucks coffee. And then the third condition was 5 milligrams per kilogram of caffeine, which is a lot of caffeine. So 350 milligrams of caffeine at once is four Red Bulls or I think one Vente Starbucks. Um, you know, but the old weight loss pills that had caffeine in them, those were generally 200 milligrams of caffeine. So I think a no-dose is 200 milligrams of caffeine. So that's a lot of caffeine when you're getting 350 milligrams. Unfortunately, they didn't find any effect of caffeine on pain perception or the rating of perceived exertion, which is surprising to me because I certainly do when I have caffeine, as I'll mention in a second. They did find that with the 5 milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight, there was various measures of muscle function were improved, and it's possible that they were able to train a little harder um, even though there were similar levels of pain perception. So nothing really exciting there other than uh, to say that I personally can train harder with caffeine. And as a result, I sometimes have extreme muscle soreness, as I did this weekend. My friend John Romanello gets supplements from Biotest, and they have a product called Hot Rocks. And so I took one of these caps of Hot Rocks. It was Sunday morning, um, didn't get a lot of sleep, but I wanted to go train with Vince and Flavia because they were inspiring me to train. And so I went there, and... I had that strongman workout, and it was pretty intense, but I felt great through it. Then, unfortunately, all week long, my forearms have been extremely sore. So caffeine, for me, allows me to train with a little less pain during the workout, and I don't realize that I'm going to be in a lot of soreness, and I end up being in a lot of soreness. So just something to be careful of when you have caffeine before your workouts. All right, everybody, that's it for this week. Next week, I'm going to come back and give you some training tips on how to avoid injury. And one of them, obviously, is going to be don't be stupid like Craig Valentine. Um, Also, we're going to talk about a research review on the latest supplement studies. And we're going to give you a nutrition, very simple nutrition switch tip to get people to eat better. All that and a lot more, including some more exercises from Men's Health Magazine. So until next week, everybody, thank you for being on the call. Wishing you another seven days of fantastic fat burning. Bye-bye, everyone.